May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture is from Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares our God, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Thank you, Pastor Ann, and um, thank you for our liturgist reading this morning as well. Our scripture, for I know the plans I have for you, declares our God. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then you will call on me, you will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Will you join me in soaking in the peace of those words? I will listen to you. We will have God's attention. Seek and find. When we seek with all our heart, undivided attention. But what does that look like when we don't believe in an anthropomorphized God living in the clouds? Come back to that. <laughs> Can I tell you about a recurring nightmare I had when I was younger? Imagine if you were like, no, no. <laughs> well, I used to dream that the end of the world was imminent. I had, a, I, an action, I had the key to stopping it. I was seven. Naturally, I got intimidated in my dream. I did not stop it. I would wake up. It was recurring and advanced to the point where I didn't even have a chance to save the world anymore in my dream. I couldn't stop it. Not pleasant, to say the least, to see the world being destroyed in your dreams. Fear bled into my waking life. I became obsessed with Nostradamus and other prophecies about the end of the world because I thought that I had control over our fate. I had the key, if only I could use it properly. This is true, it's a true story. I disregarded friendly associates. Why get to know any of them? What else could matter than the fate of our world? I felt like these dreams were a sign that I'd see the end of the world in my waking life and there was nothing I could do about it. Or worse, I'd fail to stop it while trying. So I had to figure out when and how it was going to happen. I could see disaster coming, but was frustrated and scared that I couldn't stop it, and no one else seemed to have any idea or concern. Does that sound familiar? I tell you, beloved, it made me forget all the things that make life worth living. Consumed with fear that certain doom and destruction was upon us, made me nihilistic. Why bother building relationships 
taking the time to talk and learn and grow, when they would certainly end if I did not act. And when the millennium changed, I was sure that was it. Y'all remember Y2K? Anybody remember Y2K? And the Y2K bug that would wipe out our computer systems and the airplanes would come crashing down and everything we had built would be wiped out because of our lack of long-term planning. That was also the year that I was totally consumed by fandom of the musical Rent. <laughs> but for Y2K, did anyone else hunker down that New Year's Eve instead of going out? That was just me? I was pretty sure that it was going to be mass hysteria and the end of the world was upon us. So I stayed home. I did not go out. And then, midnight, well, a couple of ATMs spat out some cash. I remember that that happened, but that was about it. There were no major catastrophes, just my missed celebrations and missed chance for joy and relationship. Truly, folks have been incorrectly predicting the end of the world consistently since about 66 in the common era. That's not 1966. <laughs> that is 66. Almost 2,000 recorded years. There is a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to predicted dates of the apocalypse, and it is not a short list. <laughs> it's about 200 over the course of the last 2,000 years, and about half of those are in the last century, or in this one, or beyond. And in case you're wondering, the next one on record is November 13th, 2026. I found that out while working on this sermon. Yeah, I guess in 1960, Heinz von Forster, an Austrian scientist, predicted that in 2026, the world would end due to overpopulation. That was 1960 when he made that prediction. And today, scientists are more concerned with global climate change as a factor in the end of humanity, though overpopulation is in the mix. So don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying the dire need of climate justice and, and, and how a change of how humanity operates needs to happen. Certainly, if we continue on the course that we're on, many will suffer and perish. If you watch the 24-hour news cycle, you'll know that they already are. Stories of doom and destruction and death fill the news cycle all the time. It's nightmare fodder. Waking nightmare fodder. If that is all we consume. Our scripture today has God saying, Seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So let's be honest with ourselves here. Where do we put our concerns on a day-to-day -day basis? Where do we fo put our focus? What media do we consume? And do we consider why that media has been created in the first place? Beloved, it probably comes as no shock to hear me say that the owners of corporate media, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, etc. Don't want our focus to be on love. 
They certainly don't want us to be searching our hearts and souls for connection to the divine. They are entwined with our wider culture, which means they measure life by financial gain and power. But what if the predictions are wrong, as they have been? Or maybe they're a lot farther out than we can even imagine. You know, another one of those predictions on the Wikipedia page sets the end of the world at 7.59 billion years in the future, when the earth and moon fall into the sun. I confess, I know I haven't talked a lot about the musical Rent here today. <laughs> But I do believe that Jonathan Larson wanted to help us understand a different way to measure our lives. Rather than fear, rather than power, rather than money. But through love. LGBTQ plus love, to be specific. And on this Pride Sunday, I will say that my life changed when I saw Rent for the first time and heard the song that we will join in in a few moments. How do we measure a year? In disasters? In loss? How about love? How about simple pleasures? This song helped unfocus me from the soothsayers, both mystical and scientific, who predict when the world will end, and helped focus me instead on love and joy, and in doing so, God. There's another song in the show called No Day But Today. It goes, there is no future, there is no past. Thank God this moment is not the last. Forget regret. Or life is yours to miss. There's only now. There's only here. Give in to love. Or live in fear. No other path. No other way. No day but today. Now focusing on God traditionally has been a deeply intellectual exploration for Western culture. But focusing on God can also be as simple as focusing on love amid the fear of our age. Focus on joy, on hope, on peace, giving in to them relentlessly. This is the ethos of pride. When the powers of the world say we are sinful, we focus on joy. Much like the rainbow, joy, too, is a gift of God for the people of God. We celebrate it during Pride. And this community, we, here in this room, we celebrate the gifts of God during Advent. When we await the promises of God on earth, we light candles for the coming of God with joy, hope, peace, and love. When I was 16 and Y2K was coming up, I thought the world would end before I'd seen 25. And now I am 40. And releasing fear helped me find joy. And through joy, I found God. 
and my relationship to the divine. I was inspired to take a leap of faith as a teenager and let go. Let go of control. Because that's what my obsession was. Control. I needed to know when the end was coming so that I could do something about it. But releasing control, releasing my focus on doom prophecy, and leaning instead into faith that I might see my then imaginary children grow up. Leaning into joy and hope, even, and letting go of the nagging voice that said I needed to control my future or all would be lost, I was able to start enjoying the ride and building relationships. And Laura and I have been together for, almost, for more than 15 years. Lily is eight. Luke is just getting started. <laughs> and truly, I believe I've done more to save the world than I ever could have focused on Nostradamus. To be abundantly clear, faith and devotion to God don't get us off the hook trying to make the world a better place, but a commitment to God and the promises of God means we ought be joyful. For no doomsayer, mystical, scientific, or religious, will strip, of, will strip us of our hope and joy. For God promises and we will see if we seek. We might even begin to finally measure our lives, not in financial and societal gains, but in love. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.